the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend is producing and engineering half of today's program, Dave King Engineering. Good uh, to have you with us. Hey, in the second hour of the program, we're going to feature this week's Christian Outlook featuring Dr. Ingrid Skop of the Lozier Institute. Uh, to discuss the court challenge to a widely used abortion drug, mifepristone. In fact, we've got some news on that in just a moment. We'll hear from Matt Staver of Liberty Council. He, he takes a look at states that are pushing back on the, the uh, radical transgender ideology and public policy. And Riley Gaines, you know, the all-American swimmer. She's going to talk about the Saving Women's Sports Act and uh, her recent run-in with some transgender, I'm not sure they were athletes, but who opposed her speaking out on the subject. That's all coming up in the second hour, today's Christian Outlook. Well, just breaking news, the U.S. Supreme Court today temporarily blocked a federal court's ruling to suspend the FDA's approval of the abortion pill, Mifepristone. Justice Alito issued the administrative stay of the U.S. District Judge Kazmarak, his ruling dealing with the circulation of the drug, one of two drugs commonly involved in a chemical abortion, which makes up about 60 plus percent of the abortions in the country today. The drug, a progesterone blocker, kills the unborn baby by depriving it of nutrients and uh, the drug that accompanies it uh, causes uh, uterine contractions to empty the uterus. Over half of all abortions in the United States are done using these two drugs in combination. Well, the stay applies until 11.59 Eastern Time Wednesday. Any response to the application has to be filed on or before Tuesday, April 18th. Uh, by 12 p.m., the order states. Well, after um, uh, Judge Kazmarek's order, the Department of Justice appealed the decision in the case, which has now been escalated to the Supreme Court. His injunction overturned the FDA's approval of Mifepristone in 2000, stopping short of completely withdrawing or suspending the agency's approval of the drug over the objection of pro-life groups. On the heels of that ruling came a contradictory one from a Washington state federal judge, and the Supreme Court ultimately will very likely resolve that issue. In other news, a suspect, the, the suspect, I should say, accused of leaking classified documents, appeared in front of a judge today. The arrest of the 21-year-old Air National Guardsman in connection to classified documents that have been leaked online in recent months has been met with outrage as critics wonder how a young man could have, uh, have access to such high-level national security information. FBI agents arrested the Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Jack Douglas Tixera, on Thursday, after U.S. intelligence documents that had uh, critical information about the war in Ukraine and Chinese relations were posted on the chat app Discord. 
Attorney General Merrick Garland said that Texera is being investigated for the alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. It is treason. Mark Thiessen, the former chief speechwriter for President George W. Bush, said the idea that a 21-year-old kid, and of course at 21 you're not really a kid, but nonetheless, I'm quoting, 21-year-old kid can expose sources and methods of how we spy, how we have penetrated the Chinese People's Liberation Army, because apparently we've exposed the fact that we now know that they have a new hypersonic missile that can reach the United States, that they exposed our penetration of the Russian defense ministry that could affect the war in Ukraine. I mean, the incompetence is stunning, end quote. And unlike Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning, it wasn't ideological, he went on to say. It was some kid trying to show off to his friends in a gaming chat room and uh, has literally affected global national security by doing so. How this happens is just beyond me. Senator Tim Scott also weighed in, saying the leak was a massive catastrophic occurrence that should never have happened. We're talking about imperiling American lives He went on to explain, we're talking about weakening our relationship with our allies, emboldening the strength of our adversaries, and revealing plans about attacks and coordination for Ukraine and other allies. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed legislation banning most abortions after six weeks in the state. Hunter Biden's attorney had a 2016 meeting with then-Vice President Joe Biden at the White House. The same day, the attorney met with Hunter to discuss a subpoena related to federal investigation into Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, records show. The overwhelming majority of requests made by migrants for an exception to Title 42 public health order Using the recently expanded CBP-1 app has been accepted with 99% of migrants being found to have met the criteria, just as the app continues to face scrutiny from both left and right. The Biden administration expanded the use of the CPB-1 app in January to allow for migrants seeking a humanitarian exception to Title 42, the COVID-era public health order that allows for the rapid expulsion of migrants at the southern border due to the pandemic. It also allows migrants to upload information, including a photo and schedule an appointment at a port of entry to to pursue rather the exception uh, to the order, which is due to end next month. The administration says it is a key part of promoting a safe, orderly and humane process at the border and discourages illegal immigration between the ports. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi suggests that calls for longtime Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign were sexist, noting that she has never seen them go after a man who was sick in the Senate in that way. In an apparent reference to Senator John Fetterman, Uh, the Democrat from Pennsylvania who's been absent for a couple of months due to clinical depression. Now, sexism probably isn't the explanation. If she wanted to pin it on some ism, ageism might have been it. Uh, She is Senator Dianne Feinstein, 89 years old. A former Obama administration staffer is blowing the whistle on the Biden family's business dealings, accusing President Biden of being involved in a kickback scheme in connection with his son Hunter's overseas business dealings, While he was vice president, Mike McCormick, a stenographer for the White House for 15 years, said the FBI has ignored his alarms on the matter, despite his willingness to testify under oath before the federal grand jury investigating Hunter Biden. In February, I went to the FBI and filed one of their tips on their website. If you do that and you're lying to them, you go to jail. 
I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth and I'm not going to jail, McCormick said. Joe Biden is a criminal, he went on to say. He was conducting malfeasance in office to enrich his family. Jake Sullivan is a conspirator in that. And there's more. Obama officials were involved in it, I believe, end quote. Industry experts are baffled by Bud Light's decision to do business with Dylan Mulvaney. And, of course, it's costing them. Fox News' Sean Hannity is sounding the alarm about the growing trend in auto industry, in the auto industry, to remove AM radio from new electric vehicles, which will be required at some point in the not-too-distant future. Several prominent car manufacturers, including Ford, Volkswagen, BMW, Mazda, Volvo, and Tesla, are tuning out AM radio from their latest EV models due to alleged interference between electromagnetic frequencies from their motors and AM radio frequencies, which create a buzzing noise and a weak signal. Hannity says he isn't buying this excuse, so is there a political component to it? Certainly feels like it, he went on to add. The U.K. is defending America after French President Macron his comments on China and Taiwan. Did you like that French accent there? Did I sound like I could speak the language? It was, it was impressive. Anyway, French President Emmanuel, you know who, on Wednesday defended controversial comments he made during his trip to China last week regarding Europe's relationship with the United States as it relates to escalating tensions with Beijing over Taiwan. In a press conference from the Netherlands, he told reporters that being an ally does not mean being a vassal, adding that it doesn't mean that we don't have the right to think for ourselves, end quote. France is for um, the status quo in Taiwan and a peaceful resolution to the situation. He said following pushback he has received over his comments suggesting that Europeans must not be followers of the United States. Amid Democrat calls for her resignation, Dianne Feinstein has asked for her Senate judiciary seat to be replaced, at least temporarily. The senator said she will temporarily give up her seat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, announcing her decision hours after her fellow California Democrat, Representative Ro Khanna, called for her Wednesday to resign. Feinstein, who is 89, is the oldest member in the Senate. She drew criticism from some Democrats who noted that her absence from the Senate for nearly two months in a statement released on Wednesday night, Feinstein provided no time t- timeline rather for her return to the Capitol. Uh, Representative Dean Phillips said Senator Feinstein is a remarkable American whose contributions to our country are immeasurable. But I believe it's now a dereliction of duty to remain in the Senate and a dereliction of duty for those who agree to remain quiet. The Biden administration is taking the abortion pill case to the Supreme Court. The administration has asked the court to step in after a federal appeals court walked back just part of the decision to suspend FDA approval of a widely used abortion drug, but not the full request to completely block the ruling. Attorney General Merrick Garland said in a Thursday statement that the Department of Justice would be turning to the Supreme Court after the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans issued a ruling late Wednesday night that partially reversed a ruling from U.S. District Judge Matthew uh, Kazmarak that had paused FDA approval of Mifepristone. According to Wednesday's ruling from the 5th U.S. Circuit Court, Mifepristone, a pill used in up to half of all abortions, cannot be mailed and it can only be used up until the seventh week of pregnancy. The ADF lawsuit also claims that FDA failed to properly study the safety and um, the regimen and for almost two decades it stonewalled the doctors who were attempting to challenge the approval of the regime or the regimen. 
Rather than increase scrutiny of the pill, the FDA has eliminated safeguards that did exist and has made the drug easier to obtain. More than half of all abortions in the U.S. are now done using chemical abortion pills. More than 32,000 babies were saved from abortion post-Dobbs decision. In the six months after the Dobbs decision, an average of 5,377 fewer abortions were provided in the U.S. each month, or 32,260 fewer abortions cumulatively. There were an average of 77,073 abortions per month during that half-year period. The national abortion rate decreased from 13.2 per 1,000 women of reproductive age in April of 22 to 12.3 per 1,000 women for the monthly average of abortions in the six months after the Supreme Court's decision. Catholic World Report uh, says that in 13 states, abortions were banned in nearly all cases. Another five states imposed heavier restrictions on abortion since the Supreme Court decision. In eight states, restrictions are being held up in the court system. There's been a bit of a wink and a nod act by Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell over the last year, making gradually more explicit acknowledgement that a recession may result from the central bank's monetary tightening. Fed staff are now anticipating a mild recession later this year as their baseline forecast, followed by two years of recovery. That's according to the minutes of the last policy meeting published Wednesday afternoon. Policymakers themselves aren't exactly pushing back against that notion, even if they are less likely to predict it explicitly. At that same meeting, they projected that the unemployment rate will rise by a full percentage point by the end of the year, an event that historically has only occurred during a recession. In the past 55 years, every time the Fed has fought high inflation uh, with uh, rate hikes, a recession soon followed. Will this time be different? Well, the answer is very likely no. The Federal Reserve's meeting minutes show that some officials believe the developments will lead banks to tighten lending standards due to rising funding costs and increased concern about liquidity. The Babylon Bee joined a coalition against a California law amid Uh, aimed at censoring content. The satirical website is part of a coalition that petitioned a California federal court on Tuesday to block AB 587. It's a 2022 law that requires social media companies to periodically report certain content to the government, including hate speech and disinformation. The plaintiffs claim the bill is a vehicle for California Democrats to crack down on speech they find distasteful. The law enables the attorney general to find companies for late, in, incomplete or misrepresentative reports. But because the policy fails to define vague terms like misinformation, the plaintiffs claim it gives the attorney general similarly broad enforcement powers and enables the state to censor content. A defeat of AB 587 would mark only the latest uh, setback uh, in government news, uh, Governor Newsom's efforts to crack down on his political opposition. What was that signal you gave me just then? Okay. Uh, in January, U.S. District Judge William Shubb, he blocked another California law that allowed the state to target doctors who spread misinformation or disinformation about coronavirus and the subsequent COVID-19 vaccines. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back to continue our look at some of the headlines and uh, then we'll switch gears so stay with us you're listening to the georgine rice show podcast is aired on 93.9 kpdq hey you're listening to the georgine rice show we're taking a look at some of the serious headlines of the day coming up in the next two segments james blend will join me as we take a look at the lighter side of the news and then in our second hour the christian outlook 
So keep it tuned right here, 93.9 KPDQ-FM. Well, the suicide rate in the United States returned to a near record high in 2021, reversing two years of decline. Final data for the year shows that suicide was the 11th leading cause of death nationwide, with more than 14 deaths for every 100,000 people. The death rate has increased 32 percent over the past two decades, and the 4 percent jump between 2020 and 2021 was the sharpest annual increase in that time frame. Suicide was the second leading cause of death for people ages 10 to 34 and the fifth for people ages 35 to 54. Men die by suicide more often than women, though women report thoughts of suicide more often and make more non-fatal suicide attempts than men. The Florida legislature sent a heartbeat bill to Governor DeSantis' desk where he promptly signed it. The Florida legislature passed that Heartbeat Protection Act Thursday. Uh, It will limit abortion in the state after a heartbeat is detected. It was Senate Bill 300. It establishes protections for unborn babies with a heartbeat beginning at six weeks gestation and allocates $25 million in funds for pregnancy centers to help women during both their pregnancy and after their child is born. The legislation allows exceptions to save the life of the woman and in the case of a pregnancy caused by rape or incest until 15 weeks of pregnancy, but doesn't allow the mailing of abortion medication. The six-week abortion limit is... Um, uh, was rather uh, signed by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, signed into law. New York City has appointed a rat czar in the tune of, um, or to the tune of one hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars a year. Now, as skittish as I am, I might uh, become a rat czar for $155,000 a year. Well, New York City's long-awaited rat czar has arrived, Kathleen Karate who previously spearheaded the Department of Education's rat reduction efforts, will become the director of rodent mitigation. New York Mayor Eric Adams announced Adams, a vocal rodent antagonist, said late last year that he's looking for a leader in the city's war on rats and that the job will pay one hundred and twenty to one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. Karate will earn one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars a year. Uh, she is, was introduced as New York City's first ever rat czar, tasked with taming the city's rodent infestation. You'll be seeing a lot of me, she said, and a lot less rats. Should have been fewer, but I'm quoting. Uh, there's a new sheriff in town. I'm not sure how you explain that to your young children. I am the rat czar. Uh, it's kindergarten. What is your mom? What does your dad do? Well, she's the rat czar. Anyway, President Biden is uh, plotting a massive government hiring spree. When it comes to Democrats and their view of government, bigger is always better. The president's proposed budget puts the uh, puts that view into overdrive as he already added 75,000 more non-defense employees since taking office and is on the way of adding 88,400 new employees this year. He wants an additional 81,700 in 2024. The um, federal government has experienced a general trend of downsizing payrolls since 2013, and it became even leaner under Donald Trump with executive branch employees numbering 2.183 million when he left office. Biden is ballooning that total to 2.356 million by 2024, which represents one of the fastest expansions of the federal government in U.S. history. As conservatives well know, bigger government means a greater threat to American individual liberty, which we are witnessing almost every day. A church is being fined for holding COVID services. Calvary Chapel San Jose has been ordered by a judge to pay $1.2 million in fines 
the county of Santa Clara for violating its COVID pandemic rules by allowing people to gather in the building and worship maskless. According to Judge Yvette Pennypacker, that's her name, Pennypacker, it should appear clear to all, regardless of religious affiliation, that wearing a mask while worshiping helps protect others while still exercising your right to religious freedom. The church's pastor, Mike McClure, has argued the opposite, noting that many people have said that allowing people to come and worship literally saved their lives. Furthermore, multiple studies demonstrating that masking had almost no effect on preventing the spread of COVID only support McClure's position. The church is also countersued, contending that members' religious liberty rights were violated. And a women's tennis association, the Women's Tennis Association, is bowing to China. And yet another example of how money talks, the Women's Tennis Association announced that it's ended its suspension against holding tournaments in China. The WTA, rather, first enacted its suspension following the sudden and temporary disappearance of China's biggest female tennis star, Peng Shua, in 2021, after she accused a Chinese government official of sexual harassment and assault. The WTA at the time demanded a full and transparent investigation into Peng's allegations. Well, nothing happened. And now, nearly two years later, the WTA has caved to Beijing while claiming it will seek to engage in a different approach. In other words, we're losing out on too much revenue, so how about we just ignore the issue and play some tennis? Well, the Biden administration greenlit an 807-mile natural gas pipeline project in Alaska that environmentalists blasted as a threat to the climate and wildlife. The Department of Energy issued a supplemental record of decision reaffirming its original approval of the project in 2020 under the Trump administration, but amending it to include additional environmental protections in addition to the pipeline The $38.7 billion project proposed by the state-owned Alaska Gas Line Development Corporation also includes liquefied natural gas export infrastructure. The Department of Energy today issued an order amending a 2020 decision to impose new environmental requirements that prevents vending, rather venting carbon dioxide in addition uh, to reaffirming all prior environmental Conditions, according to the Department of Energy, a federal judge has blocked President Biden's clean water rule in 24 states. A House Democratic leader is being pressed to apologize for comparing black conservatives to slaves in an editorial. A Soros backed St. Louis um, prosecutor is facing removal. He blamed subordinates for possible mistakes. Disgraced ex-Biden official Sam Brinton avoided jail time after a plea deal in a luggage theft case. And North Korea says it tested a new solid fuel long range missile. A Navy SEAL who was shot 27 times, then walked himself to safety, has died 16 years after that heroic feat. And Americans are convinced that race relations are bad But according to Newsweek, a new article, it's um, an opinion piece, the data says opposite. On this day in history, 1865, President Abraham Lincoln is shot by John Wilkes Booth at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. He would die the next day. 1894, Thomas Edison's uh, kinetoscope has its first public showing. 1903, Dr. Harry Plotz, he discovers a vaccine against typhoid. 1912, RMS Titanic hits an iceberg off Newfoundland. And 1935, a severe sandstorm ravages the U.S. Midwest, creating the Dust Bowl. 1939, the John Steinbeck novel, The Grapes of Wrath, is published. And in 1981, the first space shuttle, Columbia One, returns to Earth. 
2000, Metallica files a lawsuit against peer-to-peer file-sharing phenomenon Napster. Well, the lawsuit eventually leads the movement in the music industry against file-sharing programs. And finally, on this day in history, 2003, the Human Genome Project is completed with 99% of the human genome sequenced to an accuracy of 99.99%. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. When we return, and I mean we, James Blend will join me for a look at the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. I have asked my colleague, James Blend, to join me as we take a look at uh, some of the lighter side of the news from this past week. James? I believe you meant esteemed colleague. No. Oh. Okay, you are an esteemed colleague, but I wasn't going to say it this time. Okay. I'd like to introduce my highly esteemed colleague, James Blend. Hi, Georgine. How are you today? Oh, for crying out loud. I'm doing just fine. Uh, we're going to take a look at the lighter side of the news, and I thought I would begin with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was trying to do a good deed and only found himself in a bit of trouble. Now, I don't know if you've noticed around here, but there are potholes that you could establish an entire city uh, in. Uh, I have driven through a few that have zip codes of their own. They do. And it's amazing to me. We've got bike lanes and every, you know, all this stuff that's going on. Potholes apparently have not made the list of concern for the uh, Department of Transportation in the city of Portland and its environs. The city that works. On something else, uh-huh. sadly. Well, fed up by an enormous pothole in his Los Angeles neighborhood. I mean, I feel a little bit better. It's a problem elsewhere. Former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger picked up a shovel and filled it in himself. Now, one would think, oh, good for him. The neighbors were happy, uh, but didn't go quite that well. The former actor and former governor tweeted, I should say actor and former governor. I'm not sure if he's finished acting. Anyway, he tweeted a video on Tuesday of him and a helper using packed concrete uh, to repair the, the road in Brentwood area. It's a it's a pretty high-ticket area. Today, after the whole neighborhood has been upset about this giant pothole that's been screwing up cars and bicycles for weeks, I went out with my team and fixed it, he wrote on Twitter. I always say, let's not complain, let's do something about it. Here you go. Well, a neighbor rolled down her car window and shouted uh, her thanks to the action movie star who was not wearing a cape at the time. You're welcome, the former governor said, decked out in work boots, a leather jacket, shades reminiscent of his Terminator role. You have to do it yourself. This is crazy. For three weeks, I've been waiting for the, this hole to be closed. Apparently, he contacted the trans- transportation department in the county or city or however it works there. He never heard back from them, so he decided to take matters into his uh, his own hands. Well, Daniel Ketchell, a spokesperson for Schwarzenegger, said Brentwood residents made repeated requests for repairs since winter storms opened up potholes and cracks on local roads, and this was the worst of them. Well, Mayor uh, Karen Bass lit, uh, last week announced a plan to address what she called an unprecedented number of damaged streets across the city. Since the 30th of December, Los Angeles has received 19,000 692 service repeat uh, requests for repairs. And as of April 6, crews have uh, only filled in 17,000 of them. Well, the Department of Public Works didn't immediately respond in, to the email asking whether the pothole that Schwarzenegger filled had been rescheduled for repair. Well, it turns out they said, oh, no, we, this was a trench. This was a work trench. And it was scheduled to be filled in, but it was a work trench. And so it, it was... Uh, for pipes that were uh, to be laid. Well, it turns out on further inspection that the pipes had been laid 
and um, the work had been done that all that was left was filling it in. So they tried to to give the impression that this was an ongoing project, that the pipe was exposed for a reason, when in fact it just was an open trench that they had failed to uh, to fill and they hadn't finished uh, the job. So L.A., they're pretty much up in arms over that and so many other potholes around the city. Yeah, I read the fact that the work was completed yes. in January. Yes. And was not scheduled to be filled until the end of May. Yeah. Which, you know, if that's my neighborhood, I'm not going to be happy about that because, yeah, you, you you needed to get the work done. That's good. But, you know, please fill the hole in. Well, and this is more than a pothole. No, it was you know, large. Yeah, it a was trench quite is a large. long, it's a linear thing. It was an L shape, so it went in two different directions. And you can, and it, you know, it pop went a out into and, the street, oh, yes. I would guess about eight to 10 feet yeah. and probably was about three feet wide. So that really could do some damage. But instead of just saying, yeah, I know we're behind, appreciate you're filling that in, we're going to get to it, but we're, you know, we're really struggling to, to catch up. Uh, they tried to create the impression that, oh, no, 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 this is a work in progress, when in fact it really wasn't. Well, I mean, it kind of is a work in progress, because I believe that they uh, had to go out and uh, level out what he had done, so, because uh, uh, it uh, had created a little bit of a bump backwards, but... Uh, a little yeah. bit of a bump that was far less than the... Trench. Very much so. Oh, it was a great improvement, but they're like, I guess we better fix it now. Then. Well, they've been called out, so I think they felt their a little reputation. publicly embarrassed. Yeah, I think that's so. Probably... Well, well, well done, uh, Governor. There you go. Well, somewhere in a remote stretch of forest near Maine's border with Canada, rocks from space crashed to the earth and may be scattered across the ground, just waiting to be picked up. Now, if you're the first person to find a big one, a museum says that they're willing to pay out. $25,000 as a reward. $25,000. Road trip, what do you think? $25,000. You and me in Maine on our hands and knees. If you're the first person to find one of these big uh, pieces of planet, well, the unusually bright fireball could be seen in, a, in broad daylight around noon on Saturday, says the meteorite division chair. Uh, NASA says four radar sweeps detected signatures consisting of uh, falling meteorites uh, seen at a time um, and location reported by eyewitnesses. And people also heard sonic booms in the uh, first time radar spotted the meteor fault in Maine, according to the space agency. Well, the Maine Mineral and Gem Museum wants to add to its collection, which includes moon and Mars rocks. So the first meteorite hunters to deliver in, uh, I guess it's one kilogram, 2.2 pound specimen, will claim the $25,000 prize. That could be about the size of a softball. So we're, we're talking about a pretty substantial piece of rock. Uh, with more people having an awareness, the more people will look and the greater the likelihood of a recovery. Uh, they say that because the descent was spotted by radar, they're confident the meteorites can be found on the ground and not just under the surface. Still, there's no guarantee that there are any meteorites big enough uh, to claim the, the payout. So uh, folks might be on a fool's errand, but if you find... Uh, one of these pieces about the size of a softball, $25,000. I think we should talk to Dennis Hayes, the general manager, about doing a remote in Maine. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I remember a wonderful metal detector kind of picks those up. I mean, if you could tweak well, one to do that. It it probably has some radiation on it, and it might have some metal in it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So if you I could arrange to get it. that. I'll arrange that. You arrange our time off uh, slash remote, quote-unquote. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got our project. Let's go. Got it done. Well, moonwalking astronauts will be uh, looking a little bit better uh, these days. In fact, you know, we're, we're focusing our attention once again on the moon. 
Uh, they're going to have a sleeker, more flexible space suit uh, that uh, comes in different sizes when they uh, step into the lunar surface later this decade. Exactly what, uh, what that looks like remains under wraps. The company designing the next-generation spacesuits, Axios Space, said Wednesday that it plans to have new versions of training uh, for training purposes for NASA later this summer. Now, I'm hoping Nike doesn't get involved. You know, they've, uh, they're responsible for designing lots of the professional sports athletes' attire, the University of Oregon, their uniforms. A lot of times uh-huh. they're great, but sometimes they're just a little out there. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is it would be a little bit weird to, you know, see one giant leap for mankind and one big leap for a swoosh on the <laughs> or back an argyle, of, you know, a swoosh a on the side of the helmet or something like that. That just yeah, in seem... bright yellow or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Well, they say this uh, design Axio space, the moon suits will be white like they were during NASA's Apollo program more than a half a century ago. Uh, that's so that they can reflect heat and keep future moonwalkers cool. So we at least know that much. Uh, They'll provide greater flexibility, more protection from the moon's harsh environment, and will come in a wider range of sizes. Got men and women of varying sizes. NASA awarded Axiom uh, Space the $228.5 million contract to provide the outfits for the first moon landing in more than 50 years. So pretty cool. I'm anxious to see what they look like. I am too. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see them on the quote-unquote soundstage that supposedly exists somewhere for the faking the moon landing. (laughs) Which I don't believe. Yes. I'm just making fun of it, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll be with you there. Okay, we're going to take a quick break because James says we have to, but we'll we be do. back and we'll take a look at uh, some of the lighter side of the news. Stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on ninety three point nine KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. I'm having a little fun on a Friday with James Blend, looking at the lighter side of the news. And light it is. The headline: Cooked bats. Seized by German officials near Belgian border. Cooked bats. Well, German officials seized cooked bats and nearly a ton of unrefrigerated fish after police stopped a van that had entered the country from Belgium. Federal police said a patrol on Monday stopped the vehicle at a highway exit on the edge of the border city of, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, A-A-C-H-E-M. There's several ways we could go about it. Achim, I'll say. And found the bats under the fish. So you got unrefrigerated fish and then underneath cooked bats. A vet from the, so, the local consumer protection office was sent to the scene and ordered the bats and fish confiscated. Police seized the van, which was uninsured. The 31-year-old driver, um, an Ivorian citizen, faced a criminal complaint for traffic offenses and unauthorized entry because he entered the country without papers or a driver's license. Well, that uh, seems to be... The least of his troubles, he also faces administrative proceedings for violations of food hygiene rules and local authorities were looking into whether he violated conservation laws relating to the bats who were cooked. A court in um, Aachen or whatever the town is uh, called on Tuesday ordered the driver held in custody pending his handover to authorities in Italy where he was registered as living. Roasted bats. What do you think? I tend to prefer mine fried. Ah, deep fried. Yes, deep breaded. fried. Yep, fried, breaded uh, panko uh, crumbs uh, specifically. I think those. Well, are... these were a, a nice golden brown. I mean, they looked about right for eating, but they were bats. I, you know, I, I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, Ozzy Osbourne has to eat too. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. I was in where? Where was that? I was in India, and we were walking through a beautiful park with huge ancient trees, just lovely. 
environment. I looked up and in these trees that are just, they're gigantic. They are loaded with these big bats. You know, the bat that you see on um, Dracula movies, the Mm -hmm. big ones, they were like that and only bigger, the size of a young child, it seemed to me. And it was just loaded. I just prayed that nothing would startle them and they'd start flying around. But just hundreds and hundreds of these bats hanging. It was daylight, so I guess they were just hanging around. Just hanging around. Yeah. Well, dead birds are getting a new life. New Mexico researchers are developing taxidermy bird drones. Scientists in New Mexico are giving dead birds a new life with an unconventional approach to wildlife research. A team at the New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology in Sirocco is taking birds that have been preserved through taxidermy and converting them into drones in order to study flight. Okay, I'm not sure. Does he fly alongside his fellows or what's the what's the story here anyway a mechanical engineering professor who's leading the project had found that artificial mechanical birds hadn't given the results he was looking for he came up with the idea that um, we can use dead birds and make them into drones everything is there we do um, reverse engineering well taxidermy bird drones currently being tested in a purpose-built cage at the university can be used to understand better the formation and flight patterns of flocks in other words the dead bird um, with the drone would fly along his fam- family and friends. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a little odd? Oh. Did, didn't we see Egbert go down and now here he is flying along with us. He's not talking. He's unresponsive. And yet here he is flying south with us. That would be a little off-putting if well, I were well, a cousin. What's wrong, Bill? You look like you've seen a ghost. <laughs> well, again, they're currently being tested. If we learn how these birds manage energy between themselves, we can apply that into the future aviation industry to save more energy and save more fuel, says one of the researchers. One Ph.D. student at New Mexico Tech focuses his research on coloration and flight efficiency. While many think of a bird's color as a way to attract mates or use camouflage, he's studying how color affects uh, affects rather flight efficiency. Uh, we've done experiments and determined that for our fixed-wing aircraft, applying certain colors can change the flight efficiency. And the same is true for birds, we believe. So they're going to be testing that as well with these dead birds in flight. Now, the current taxidermy bird prototype flies for a minimum or rather a maximum of only 20 minutes. So the next stage is to figure out how to make it fly longer and conduct tests in the wild among living birds. Again, this is going to freak those birds out. You know, in in certain areas of fiction, there's a lot of people that ask, "What is the, where is the beginning of what they call the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> I'm pretty this sure that this it. could be it if it's going to happen in reality. Uh, because, I mean, it really, we're talking about zombie birds here. <laughs> you know, Bird has a, a friend, you know, we used to fly everywhere together. I saw him go down, Bird's dead. All of a sudden, he rises up. He doesn't talk. He doesn't eat. He doesn't do anything but just stare forward and fly. I'm telling you, you're going to have to have some whole psychology for birds that will also have to crop up to deal with the uh, fallout of this whole thing. Jimmy, how many times have I told you don't go playing with zombie Brian anymore? (laughs) Just sort of. um, He'll lead you astray. Well, my advice, don't look up. $65 $65 million project, it's a Russian plan for space advertising that could change the sky forever. I don't know, I like looking up and seeing clouds and stars and birds and that sort of thing. In a new study, Russian researchers from Skoltech and MIPT have purposed, um, 
have proposed rather sending satellites into space to display commercials in the sky. The paper published in the journal Aerospace posits that the advertising plan, uh, which would only cost $65 million per mission, that's all, is economical. Uh, We've been studying some of the more technical aspects of space advertising for a while now, said the first author, a research intern at the the project. This time we looked at the economic side of things, and as unrealistic as it may seem, we show that space advertising based on 50 or more small satellites flying in formation could be economically viable. Each satellite could be as large as 350 square uh, foot solar sails uh, in the sky coming together to tell us to buy Pepto-Bismol. But can you imagine that the first time that uh, one of those satellites is hit by a drone bird (laughs) and comes crashing down to Earth, (laughs) the end of civilization as we know? (laughs) I mean, you know, these things, these... It's like the line in Jurassic Park, uh, Jeff Goldblum, that said, uh, "You're so busy. Your scientists were so busy asking if they could do it that they didn't ask if they should do it." Yeah, and, you know, you, you don't think about, "Hey, could that drone bird someday hit a satellite advertisement?" These are the questions you need to be asking <laughs> as part of the scientific method. Well, the science always uh, goes ahead of the uh, the thinking. Yep. Sadly. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We've got news and traffic coming here at the top of the hour. And when we return, this week's Christian Outlook featuring Dr. Ingrid Skop, Matt Staver, and Riley Gaines. You know that all-American swimmer? That's all coming up on the Christian Outlook. News and traffic up next. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show. And like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.